0: The following podcast is a production of the Factual Data Creations Facility. Welcome to the OFNT podcast, episode 169, which I'm calling An Apple a Day Keeps My Money Away. The tech news section has been taken over by Apple News this week. There was a lot to cover from WWDC. Now, I'm just covering things as briefly as I can and just items I found somewhat interesting. So don't expect a in-depth analysis here. So let's get on with the show. Tech News. Apple held their annual Worldwide Developers event last Monday, and I watched it so you didn't have to. Again, it was a Hollywood production-level pre-recorded event, starting off with old, bow-legged Tim Apple standing somewhere near Apple's spaceship-styled headquarters, self-congratulating himself and his company. New Mac computers were announced first. The new MacBook Air with a larger 15-inch screen was up first, and this is the product I was most interested in. It's basically the same machine as the regular 13-inch screen Air, but has a bigger screen, of course, and slightly better camera and speakers. It has a claimed battery life of 18 hours, two Thunderbolt ports, a MagSafe charging port, and of course, Apple's M2 chip. The base model starts at $1,300 and goes up from there. The older, smaller screened Air with the M2 chip starts at $1,100, and the old M1 chipped Air starts at $999. We'll just call that a thousand. My next Apple laptop will be this one. Next was the Mac Studio. It rocks the M two Ultra chip and has RAM and memory upgrades versus the older model. The studio can address up to one hundred ninety two gigabytes of RAM, and the base model will set you back two thousand bucky smacks. And that doesn't include a monitor or mouse. You know, I'd have to sell off all my current Apple stuff just to afford this thing. And finally, as far as new Macs go, the Mac Pro was introduced. It looked just like the old Pro's cheese grater style case, but features a beefed up M2 Ultra chip versus the Intel chip of the old Pro. Like the Mac Studio, it can address up to 192 gigabytes of RAM. Besides the casing, this machine is basically a Mac Studio, but adds a more powerful chip, afterburner graphics enhancements, and six PCI slots for upgrading price. Well, it has an affordable $7,000 starting price. Again, that's sans monitor or keyboard. Geez, you know, you can buy a respectable used car for that price. I'm just wondering when we're going to see new IMAX. I guess probably in the fall, just in time for the holiday season. The rest of the event was dedicated to the new operating systems and their upgrades. And of course, the first operating system introduced was iOS 17. Well, the phone app within iOS is upgraded with what Apple is calling personal contact posters. This is a feature where you get to pick what shows up on the screen of whom you're calling and even your contact on other people's iPhone. Cool? Yeah, and a little weird in my opinion. I mean, you could set pictures of your nether regions as your contact poster that the person you're calling would see. Not that I would do something like that. No. When you let a call go to voicemail, you'll see a transcript of the voicemail live on your screen. You know, Google Pixels have had that feature for some time now. You can now leave a video message while using the FaceTime video calling app, but you still can't pick a background for your calls. The Messages app can now transcribe audio messages. (sighs) And you can also check in with people you designate and update your location in real time via iMessage. Stalkers worldwide rejoice! Yeah! The toolbar, which currently resides above where you type your messages, will now be hidden, which uh, cleans up the interface quite nicely, if I must say. Emoji stickers can now be made from photos and affects our system-wide. <sighs> While the airdrop feature is supposedly upgraded to be more reliable. Yay! I've had problems using this feature in the past, so if true, that's a good thing. NameDrop will allow you to share contacts between phones and Apple Watches, a feature Samsung pioneered back in what's referred to as The Day. SharePlay lets you share what music you're listening to with whomever you want. Well, that's a feature old Nokia had further back in what some might consider to be The Day. The iOS keyboard has finally upgraded its autocorrect feature. And adds a grammar checker. I can hear the folks over at Grammarly cursing Apple right now. Dictation mode is said to be more accurate. A journaling app is now included with iOS. That will pull data from various daily activities such as workouts, for example. I'm sure this will anger some software developers who've made some big money from apps such as this. And I'm looking at you, day one. The new standby feature will let you display things such as time, weather, and upcoming appointments while... The phone is resting on its side while it's attached to a charger. You know, it's something the old Motorola Droid could do, back in what you might recall as being the day. And finally, for iOS 17, you can use the command Siri instead of Hey Siri to call upon the useless digital assistant Apple equips their hardware with. These updates prove that what was once old is new again. Next, we went into iPad OS 17. It just had a few new things compared to iOS. Things like interactive widgets on the lock screen, PDF editing features, etc. The biggest new feature for me is that the iPad will now get the health app. Previously, this was only available on the iPhone. This will allow you to sync and review your health data on the larger screen of the iPad. Up next was Mac OS Sonoma. The new Mac operating system inherited some of the new features from iOS and iPadOS. Active widgets can now be placed on the desktop, and you can share them with iPhones. And again, Apple is trying to lure game developers over to their ecosystem, but I tuned out during that segment. That battle was lost a long time ago, and anyway, how many young people who make up the majority of gamers can afford expensive Apple gear? While using FaceTime for video conferencing on a Mac, you can now use overlays while sharing and reactions like thumbs up, etc. And it can be shown right on the screen. Whoa! But can you add a background like all other video conferencing apps? No! I just don't know why Apple doesn't add this simple capability to FaceTime. You'd think by now some developer would come up with a solution. And it was more stuff like Safari web browsing being faster and web apps being allowed to be downloaded now really not much for mac os this year airpods pro will get a firmware update which will enable adaptive audio which is pretty cool the volume of what you're listening to along with noise reduction will vary according to your surroundings oh and they were playing black sabbath during the introduction to this update about time the premier heavy metal band starts getting its due Yes. airpods will also have a better awareness between different devices allowing for better switching between them That feature has never been that seamless in my past experience with it, so I hope they did indeed fix that. tvOS has an updated control center enabling better control over certain features, and you'll be able to locate a misplaced Apple TV remote now using your iPhone. The big news with tvOS is that it supports FaceTime on your television using your iPhone as the camera. You start or answer the FaceTime call on your phone and it will transfer over to your Apple TV box. You can also share play what you're watching, which would have been nice to have during the lockdowns. China, yeah, Better late than never, I guess. This will come in handy during the next pandemic, which I hear is scheduled for 2025. <laughs> the watch OS UI got a overhaul, but nothing groundbreaking. I mean, there's only so much you can do with the memory and screen limitations of an Apple Watch. After that flurry of announcements... Old bow-legged Tim reappeared in front of a screen emblazoned with the famous just-one-more-thing quote from the late Steve Jobs and announced the Apple Vision Pro augmented reality goggles. Note the pro part of the nomenclature, which indicates who this product is aimed at. And I'll give you a hint. It's not meant for us peasants, especially at the base price of $3,500. What? No! The actual headset, though larger than expected, does look better than the renders we've been seeing floating around the internet for some time now. Vision OS, which runs the goggles, looks just like iOS, and you can select apps via voice commands or with your eye. While using FaceTime, the goggles will create a creepy copy of your face so those not using ProVision will see you as if you weren't wearing them. People in the same room as you and want to talk while you're using the goggles will appear in your field of vision. So, I guess if you're both wearing ProVision goggles, the thing will recreate both of your faces so it, it would appear as if everything is normal, which, if true, is really creepy. I can see a day when people will be wearing these things all the time, lost in an alternate reality. Apple is calling this spatial computing, and the announcement had too many things I'm willing to cover here. I'd be interested in this product as a media consumption device for watching television and movies. Guess I'll be waiting for a way cheaper Vision SE model. (laughs) I must say, though, Apple presented a good argument for wanting something like ProVision, but I think it's aimed at the business market at the present time. All in all, it was a jam-packed WWDC. I'm excited for some of the various operating systems' new features, but the thing I'm most interested in is the new MacBook Air. Did anything catch your fancy from WWDC? tech I'm using. Well, I've already told you I'm very interested in the newly announced 15-inch MacBook Air. The problem is that my current Intel-based 2019 Air is going to get the new Mac OS Sonoma upgrade. In other words, the old Air is not outdated like my 2015 iMac, which is a good thing. The same goes for my MacBook Pro, which is also a Intel-based computer, and it's from 2019. That and the paltry trade-in value Apple is offering has given me some pause. Now, of course, I can justify this purchase to myself, but do I want to spend the money? No. Is it necessary for my computing uses? No. Sure, it would be nice to have some shiny new tech to play around with, and Father's Day is right around the corner. But I can manage just fine without it. This is the conundrum I find myself in. What I really need is a new desktop computer to replace my now-over-the-hill 2015 iMac. I figured I'd replace it with a Mac Mini, but again, do I really need that model when a new 24-inch iMac will be more than enough for my uses? The smaller screen size compared to my current iMac was what had me leaning towards the Mac Mini in the first place. The new model iMac would cost about the same as the Mini with the added bonus of coming with a Touch ID keyboard. Then again, the iMac's M1 processor is getting long in the tooth, though, but still, it would be more than powerful enough for my needs, which would be primarily recording and editing podcast episodes with some word processing on the side. The new iMac screen would be large enough, once I got used to it, that is. I'll probably just go with the all-in-one form factor of the iMac, because the older I get, the less I want to fiddle with tech stuff in order for it to work. One of the justifications for purchasing a new MacBook Air is the fact that I'm restarting my efforts at writing a novel. I've written a couple of novels in the past, but deleted them because, frankly, they were crap. A larger screen, and especially the new Magic Keyboard the new Air model comes with, would help a lot for attaining my goal of writing that novel. Using both my MacBook Pro and Air, which are equipped with the later generations of the failed butterfly keyboard, I find my old fart fingers get fatigued faster than they do compared to when I'm using the Magic Keyboard-equipped iPad Pro. And speaking of writing, to assist me in the completion of this novel, I decided to use the Bibisco writing software. It helps you plan every step of the process to completion. I do have Scrivener, which most writers love, but the learning curve is just too steep for me, and to sync your project to different computers, you have to use Dropbox, which I find to be a pain. Plus, there's a subscription price of $11.99 per month that I'm not willing to pay. I have Bibisco set up to sync with my iCloud account and have tested it out by using the software on different computers, and it works like a charm. Current prices for Scrivener are actually cheaper than Bibisco at the moment, which probably signals that a new version of Scrivener is in the pipeline. Now, the only disadvantage that Babisco has, uh, it doesn't have a mobile app for the iPad or iPhone at this time. A feature that would be nice, but not a deal-breaker. So, wish me luck with crossing this novel writing item off from my bucket list. Now for the final item in the tech I'm using section. With age and the skipping of many unaffordable dentist appointments, the old ivories have developed stains, especially along the gum lines. Now, I'm no slouch in regards to the hygiene of my teeth. I irrigate my teeth following each meal when possible and brush my teeth with an expensive top-of-the-line Sonicare electric toothbrush, and I do it the recommended two times per day. I follow that with flossing and rinsing with fluoridated mouthwash. Still, those stubborn stains have remained. To try and remedy this, I bought a Plezal tooth polisher from Amazon. It's a rechargeable unit that comes with a multitude of interchangeable heads, each serving a different function. You know, one for removing stains, another for smoothing, and so on. I've been using this item for a little over a week now, and I can see progress on some of the more noticeable stains. So far, I feel it was worth the paltry 25 bucks I paid for it. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durban Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off, my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill. Podcast news. Well, I caved in. I've been using the digital audio workstation from Hindenburg to record, edit, and upload this and my other podcast for a couple of years now. As I've talked about before on this show, I find Hindenburg to be less time consuming than the other products I have tried. And there were virtually no learning curves to navigate to start using it. And that's because Hindenburg was designed from the ground up for spoken word audio, unlike most other digital audio workstations that were primarily made for recording music. Recently, Hindenburg has updated their app, throwing in many useful new features, and for a price. For a lifetime license, it costs about $400, which is too much in my opinion. And that lifetime license doesn't include some of those new features. Forcing you to subscribe to them on top of that 400 bucks you just plopped down. Though I abhor subscription plans for software, I signed up for the $10 per month plan. I did this because the company has abandoned the old version I've been using and the thing is constantly crashing and is very slow. Well, since upgrading to the new version, the crashing has ceased and it's much more responsive and faster at processing those audio files. One of these days, I'll have to teach myself how to use the Reaper Digital Audio Workstation and hopefully unshackle myself from having to pay monthly subscription payment for Hindenburg. <phone rings> have you noticed a trend of popular YouTube podcasts selling their own branded coffee? I guess it's profitable for them because if it weren't, they wouldn't be doing it. What I dislike about this trend is that the hosts spend upwards of 10 minutes talking about their coffee brands. Now, I don't pay for YouTube Premium just to watch a 10-minute host-read commercial. Heck, I don't even drink coffee. Last week, one of the new Podcast 2.0-compliant listening apps I recommended was Castomatic. Well, I'm sorry to say that I have to withdraw that recommendation because of the constant issues I have with the app. Podcasts you're playing will just randomly stop for no apparent reason, forcing you to hit the play button, which may or may not remedy the situation. And no, you just can't hit the play button while using CarPlay while driving to get the show you're listening to started again. You have to physically go to the phone and hit the app's play button. My daughter gave up on Castomatic a while back because of the problems she was having with it. So for now, Castomatic is a no-go with my family, and I don't recommend it. You use it either. Yes, it's again story time. This week I have a story I'm titling, What the Heck Was That Thing? So sit back and hopefully enjoy this tale that is based on a real event. With all the recent talk about UFOs banding about the mainstream media... I thought I'd tell you about the time I witnessed an unexplained aerial phenomenon. I witnessed other things that would be considered UFOs during my career in the military, but of course they were explainable and not UFOs at all, just some unannounced military tech. The event I am describing here is unexplainable, well, at least to me, and I had written it off as being caused by an overactive imagination I was a young buck of about fourteen or fifteen years old at the time and visiting my friend Tom's house one summer afternoon. Tom and his family resided in North Massapequa, New York. Tom had been summoned to his house by his mother, leaving me alone on his front lawn to await his return. It was a very well-kept lawn and also a beautiful sunny day, and as kids back then were wont to do, I decided to lie down on that very lawn and pass the time while waiting, staring at the cloudless sky. There wasn't much to look at, just the occasional wisp of a cloud or a bird making its way overhead. And then suddenly something caught my attention. I could make out a faint triangular outline with red lights outlining that shape. What had caught my attention in the first place was most likely the motion the thing was making. Its body was moving in a circle while at the same time descending, as if it were coming in for a landing. Again, I could discern a faint triangular shape, but it didn't seem solid. I stared in disbelief, mesmerized by this sight. Then suddenly it just disappeared, breaking my trance. I quickly sat up to see if any other people were around who could have also witnessed this thing, but, alas, there were none. I quickly dismissed the whole episode and didn't even share the experience with Tom upon his return, lest I be made fun of for years to come. What has jogged my memory of this event was the video being shown lately taken by some U.S. Marines at their base in California. The object that was captured on that video looked exactly like what I had witnessed all those years ago, though the craft captured by the video seemed to be much larger and appeared to be stationary. On last Thursday's episode of the No Agenda podcast, they were discussing this video and the news media's coverage of it and the whole UFO thing in general. Co-host John C. Dvorak made an interesting comment. He posited that these UFOs, or whatever they are, are probably not spacecraft, but interdimensional craft. Perhaps this explains how what I witnessed just disappeared. Well, who knows? Yeah, perhaps my experience was nothing but an overactive imagination after all. Well, that music is playing, meaning another episode is elapsing. Hope you enjoyed this episode. I enjoyed making it for you. If you like what you heard you can make a donation using the link in the show notes any and all donations will be appreciated you can always reach me at ofntpodcast at gmail.com if you're so inclined i'd enjoy hearing from you remember don't listen to what they say watch what they do staring at the sky and get up and get off my lawn stay skeptical ah